right. Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 72. That means a happy new year in Mandarin, because today we are celebrating the year of the rabbit 2023. And that means today we're here to chat about all things uh, rabbit related, in, you know, games and pop culture, you know, what, 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 whatever comes to mind. Uh, this is going to be a pretty relaxed one, pretty impromptu, uh, yeah, pretty informal one, um, and also a packed session. This is uh, the most people we've had on at once in a long time. we got six people here today. Uh, so before we get into uh, our, our rabbit discussion, uh, let's do a quick roll call. Um, yeah, so I'm your host, uh, Richmond. I'm uh, one of the founders of Art Eater. I got a background in animation and illustration, and uh, yeah, I make video games for a living at a company called Good Egg. Uh, we are an indie game studio uh, based in Thailand. We also do a lot of art and animation outsourcing, and uh, yeah, I love being here every week uh, chatting about fun stuff with my bros. Sean. Uh, hey, I'm Sean. I'm usually here. Um, I edit the podcast. Um, you, I'm a UX director, UI designer. Uh, as mentioned, or involved early on with Artier, worked with Richmond uh, in college, and then uh, worked on games together for a while. Uh, then I did a bunch of startups. Then I, I was at Blizzard Entertainment for a while, and now I lead design teams at NZXT, it's a PC gaming manufacturer. And uh, then I just retweet cool things that the other guys on this podcast do. All right. Well, I am one of those cool guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm James. I am the so cool. resident fighting game expert at Art Eater, as well as a freelance storyboard artist, uh, character designer. And uh, I'm actually coming to you with a little more seasoning from Thailand as I have relocated. And uh, I am happy to dive into this rabbit hole. Oh, oh. Damn. Nice, 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 nice. Damn, that was great. Oh, my God, I'm out of uh, rabbit jokes now. That's not. That's not fair. Okay, I'm Thomas. I'm just. Uh, I'm a former um, video game freelance journalist, and now I do websites for a living. I'm a web developer, coming from France. Um, so yeah, I just reached, just like Sean, I retweet the great work all those other people are doing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's up, everybody? It's Adam, also AJ. Please to be here once again. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter right here for you. It is always good to be back with this crew. Uh, I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there at AJ Matt. I still have to retweet and share all kinds of cool art and projects that I see. And I am so happy and hyped to be here. I'm bouncing with excitement. And yeah, I'm bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to go. Let's talk about some rabbits. But before we do so, let's introduce our special guest. Darius, tell us up. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm uh, a new character. I wasn't in the uh, Art Eater manga, but I was added to the anime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, the, oh, yeah. the, art oh, yeah. the, the Art Eater Gaiden episodes. Yes, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. Love those, love those. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, another one of the scad bees uh, swarming in here. I went to school with uh, Sean in Richmond and uh, also worked with them at my, real, my first kind of regular job. Uh, after college, um, after and James, uh, over the course, oh, oh, go ahead. 
Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, yeah, James also oh, wins this James, game. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I, um, uh, over the course of the years, I've kind of worked in a lot of different um, fields, you know, of... Um, uh, oh, I, I guess I got to mention, I'm an illustrator and an uh, animator. Um, uh, majored in animation, minored in uh, sequential art. Uh, but I, I've had been bouncing all over the place. I've worked in, like, games. I've done UI design for apps. Uh, um, I've worked with a lot of children's books. I've done album covers. I, I made a film that was in the Atlanta Film Festival uh, years ago. Wow. But uh, what I'm doing most recently is working on a video game called Seneca 7, a cyberpunk odyssey. Uh, in a nutshell, it's sort of like a cyberpunk version of like Rune Factory. That's probably because gameplay wise, it's almost exactly like that where we're going for. And it's uh, actually a demo is up on Steam right now. Um, and besides that, I've just been kind of working on a lot of miscellaneous stuff, still doing some UI design here and there, still doing some freelance uh, illustration. So that's uh, that's basically me. All right. Yeah, awesome. Really, All right. really happy to have you on Okay. Oh, so okay. let's so, get into it. It's okay, going to be so, a bloodbath because we, we are all like trying <laughs> to not tell what we bring to yeah. the podcast and, and trying to, and hoping that nobody took our, our ideas. So it's going to okay. be very, it's, it's a staring contest right now. This is, this is yeah. like 3 okay. games rapid edition. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm going to blink first because um, I got the perfect one and I have a feeling that maybe, so normally if I was just talking to like, you know, just average person, average gamer off the internet, they would not know this game. But since this is the Art Eater podcast, I, I suspect. I just want to say real quick, I know exactly what game it's going to be without Richmond having said anything. But let's see if I, I'm right in my mind. I okay. feel like okay. probably like all five of us thought of this game. <laughs> okay, so what I would like to talk about is drum roll, a game yeah. called Rabbit. Actually, Richmond, I thought you were going to say something else, but also, yeah, of course, this one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, of course, the one you're thinking about, too. I, I know. Oh, I'm so think. upset. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Richmond knows what it is. I'm <laughs> yeah. so upset. He took my game. I'm, he stole my battle. No, oh, my this is our game. This is our game. We're both. Uh, I, I knew. I knew it. I knew you were going to take it, so I took another game. Yes. <laughs> the, the staring contest <laughs> continues. Okay, sorry, sir. Rabbit. Let's go. Uh, um, James, why, why, why don't you tell our, our, our dear listeners about uh, Rabbit? Because it is such an interesting title, and it's so well, appropriate for this, the year of the Rabbit. Well, what I was going to say was... What does Electronic Arts JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Asuka 120% have in common? That's how I was going to introduce it, but you stole it. Uh, so basically, Rabbit is an incredibly interesting fighting game that came out for the Sega Saturn. It was not localized. I believe the name of the company that actually created the game was called Aeorn. And it was distributed through Electronic Arts. Um, this fighting game actually got overshadowed by a lot of the uh, more prominent uh, Golden Age Capcom and SNK fighting games. However, um, what was unique about this game was that you could see the influences of those games, but through another set of people's uh, 
creative lens because you know obviously these people were heavily influenced by uh, a lot of the uh, techniques that Capcom and SNK were doing back then and uh, you can feel it in the intro uh, this game came out in 1997 so this is like after Alpha 2 into Alpha 3 uh, there's like a bevy of like just pixel greatness with Capcom so there's a lot yeah. of that influence in, in the in the actual game um, what's interesting about this game is the backgrounds don't have much parallax in them, but they're like they're they're layered as if they're composited the same way you would like a two D like uh, Japanese animated production um, in pixel. But what's really cool is every character has not an enemy stand but an animal stand. <laughs> so basically, they have a spirit animal that comes out and uh, actually helps them in the fight. And when you defeat uh, your opponent, you take their spirit animal as your own along with the one that you already have. So sort of Pokemon style, you can just collect everybody's spirit animal and toggle between them in future battles. Uh, it's a really fun game uh, if you actually get a chance to play it. It's very it's, it's kind of offbeat in terms of how you actually play the game. But uh, yeah, it is actually a really cool interesting niche fighting game that if you can find it you should definitely play it yeah i, I actually um own a copy of this game really lucky uh to, to have a copy of it I, I used to work at an import game shop uh starland uh, back when oh my god i actually helped make the uh, eStarland.com way back in the day uh it's so funny they hired me as a clerk and then they had me doing like html5 and then <laughs> you know what's crazy? But, it's crazy that I never met Richmond before I went to SCAD because I definitely frequented Starland locations both in Maryland and Virginia yeah, before we I went to SCAD. This, we had the same roaming area. Right? Yes. Like, like it, it's really funny. We never met before. Yeah. But um, uh, very, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of those things where, uh, you know, much like uh, all my best friends from SCAD, it was like, I can't believe we didn't meet earlier. <laughs> like, we have so much in common. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Rabbit, right? Who, who? not very many people know this game, but it's it's like you said, it's, it's a beautiful game. Um, I heard that uh, there, there's rumors that uh, maybe some ex-Capcom or SMK people actually did work on it. Because uh, visually, it's it's yeah. very similar, particularly to like uh, Alpha CPS2 era Capcom. Yes, like the way they do the musculature and stuff. Uh, it's really yeah. beautiful, and it's just so cartoony. And uh, I just also want to point out, uh, just part of the reason why it's so relevant to the talk today. It's not just that it's called Rabbit, but it's also that it, it is a Chinese themed game. Yes, and most of the most of the spirit animals are. Uh, Zodiac, Chinese Zodiac animals. So, you know, the main character, uh, she has a rabbit spirit, right? And then there's like this uh, crazy muscular assassin dude, looks like a circus strongman, but he's wearing like stilettos and like stockings, but he's also like super masculine. Uh, he, he's got the bull, right? And then there's like, um, you know, like a, a, a sexy lady with like a fox, which is, you know, kind of like the year of the dog, uh, more or less. Um, and then there's like a guy that looks like Neza, you know, the the the, the, the uh, legendary um, Chinese character rival of Sun Wukong. Um, but, but here he looks like a fat baby, and a 
for some reason, people keep comparing him to like Elvis <laughs> when they play this game. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's their frame of reference, but no, that's that's Neza. Um, but but he's called uh, what is he called in this game? Like Eddie. He's called Eddie for some reason. Yeah, little Eddie, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, little Eddie. Yeah. What what is his spirit animal? Do you remember that? I don't remember. I, I, I just remember them sashaying as their idol animation when you pick them. I, I, I don't remember. No, their idol yeah. animation is specifically wild. So, like, I oh, don't yeah. remember anything well, except that. It's yeah. called it's called a it's called a packery, like a packery. So, in essence, it's kind of like a a type of kind of horned looking, like uh, what do you call it? It's kind of like like a pig in essence, with like a, a snout and a like large disc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a boar of yeah. sorts, yeah. It's a boar. Yeah, yeah he's got the boar. Yeah. It, it can be a bit hard to remember because, um, yeah, yeah. Like, like James said, you, you can actually take other people's uh, spirit animals, like their stands, you know. And Because and that, that your stand slash spirit animal, it occurs as a totally different sprite. Uh, definitely JoJo inspired, but this came out before uh, Capcom's JoJo fighting game, right? Right before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Heritage so for the Future did. came out, I think it was, 98? yeah, 99? 98. Uh, yeah. I think 98, 99, yep. Yeah, so it's wild that, like, they actually did this first, and, um, yeah, the gameplay is pretty crazy. Uh, I, I I never really mechanically understood it, like, back when I I, I was actually, you know, Back when I first got it, had Saturn hooked up and everything, like there was no FAQ. <laughs> like, I, had, I had no idea what I was doing, but I, I still had a lot of fun, like mashing buttons and looking at the awesome sprites. They're they're huge, huge, wonderfully animated sprites, super expressive. But um, I don't know, maybe, uh, James, like, can you give us some some insight into the actual gameplay? Um, I mean, like they they had like links. I don't know if they really had like chain combos per se. I like my, my my time with the game was limited, but I felt like whatever combos were in the game may have been pretty simple uh, outside of some maybe air to ground chain combos. And then like kind of like, like not chain, I'm sorry, link combos. Um, Combos are pretty fairly simple. There wasn't much, much you could do in terms of combo routes, so it was kind of SF two esque, uh, where like it was more about maybe zoning and spacing, but there were still some yeah. moves that looked really cool. Like there were definitely special moves that had multiple hits in them. So when you did do a move, it looked amazing. It actually looked like a almost like a super combo. Like some of them are fairly like longer than like the average special move. So like in terms of the gameplay it was kind of like street fighter 2 but maybe a little bit more mobility uh and people's normal normal attacks were a little more exaggerated so they covered different spaces than like you know like a proper street fighter game yeah i, I think it must have been very dark stalkers inspired right i mean uh, it feels like it but, feels uh, like i think there were chain attacks there's chain attacks and you can also hit people while they're on the ground get an extra hit i don't know I, mm. I feel like looking at the art style and especially looking at it in motion i would bet money that someone that worked on dark soccer's was involved in this it's hard to or or yeah. someone was really 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 good at copying <laughs> so there's, there's <laughs> a lot of things that feel very very well similar. the thing the thing is is like the time that it came out 
like 98 right like dark stalker like the vampire series was like super fresh so like yeah. if someone's if someone was able to copy that at a time where a lot of that technology was kind of limited then that's like a super genius like i yeah. i i feel i i definitely feel like there, there was someone that was no rom dumping right there were no yeah. spider rips right you had you had to actually just look at the game yeah yeah so i mean i feel like whoever did this if they were not former capcom they were a super genius because back then this kind of stuff was like it was still magic to like most people even people who like studied and admired uh capcom's like pixel work like that it was just magic nobody else was doing this kind of stuff to that degree and rabbit is kind of this uh like visual anomaly um yeah. in that era so like if 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 anybody listening has never seen this game like go on youtube and like you know, put that video quality to the highest that you can. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just really, just really look at like how beautiful, um, this game is because for it to come out the time that it did and for it to look as cool as it did is, is actually an accomplishment. Like, honestly, yeah. oh, oh. real quick, there's one caveat. So if you track this game down or, or, or if you uh, watch YouTube videos, You'll notice um, by default the game's super pixelated looking, and I, I don't mean like oh you can see some pixels. I mean like it's at a weird zoom level where uh, it looks like a bad JPEG. There's unevenly oh. sized pixels. Oh yeah. And I don't know why, but by default they zoomed the game in at this really awkward. You know, like you're in an old version of Photoshop, and, and you're not yes. like zooming in at at, at, at like a, a power. Of uh, two, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or, yeah, like, um, so the, there is a way to fix that. You actually have to go to options and tell it to go to one hundred percent zoom, and then you'll get that beautiful, nice-looking, just super clear pixel art. This is one of those games where even if you play it on a monitor with no scan lines, it's it's beautiful. It's just so clean-looking. Yeah. It still looks right. Yeah. Um, but, but man, uh, I, I'd love to hear what AJ has to say about the, uh, the pixel art. Oh, on, one on thing, one oh, thing I want to add before we do that is there are some videos on YouTube that are labeled non-Zoom. So it's almost like someone else, like other people realize this issue. And some of the videos on YouTube are labeled non-Zoom. I haven't confirmed like whether or not the visuals are like better on them, but I did notice uh when i was looking through like a few videos i noticed that some of them were labeled like non-zoom so there might be some youtube videos out there that you know are not uh as much of an eyesore in that regard yeah like i just wanted to hop in to say like this game is absolutely gorgeous like we've, we've mentioned it before in the past i'm quite sure but like i know for sure that like having played this myself as well like the animation quality is fantastic character designs are on point one of my favorite things is the utilization of color and how even though some of the most saturated greens reds blues purples pinks like some of the most saturated versions of these that you might not see frequently used in other pixel art like of today they were used like here in ways that just blend so nicely i think that one of the most important things that i have noticed with respect to how it is these characters are portrayed is the utilization of like colored outlining and now this is something which can be really quite hard like to do generally but i mean 
when you have an understanding of not just like contrasting colors but also complementary colors as these developers did like you can make things just work so well for example one of the bunny characters one of the bunny kind of stand characters has a lovely kind of like a peachy orangey kind of like an outline to them and i really just enjoy the fact that like that complements and contrasts so well with the kind of like a, a creamy marshmallowish pinkish purplish white color that they use to have like a kind of a furry plume around their body another thing that i enjoy is the utilization of a sort of a darker olive toned green for the kind of peccary like um for the peccary uh, uh stand and like the way in which that kind of naturally blends in with this wonderful kind of like orange hue of the sort of like main body of that monster but on top of that like it's so expressive for example when characters get hit like their eyes sort of like pop out the head a little bit and they've got like the sort of like the dizziness effect going on in their pupils they sort of change their weight distribution as well to sort of like rebalance themselves when they're getting back up even just for example their walking animations or some of like their idols as we mentioned before really really intriguing just like watching these characters sort of put everything into like a certain move or a hit or seeing them sort of like fall back in a way that would you know further accentuate the momentum of a certain attack like these are things which you know they sound quite simple to do but in many games even today the understanding of that transition of weight, the understanding of that of that change in balance and posture, it's still quite hard. You know, it's still quite hard to, to understand. I think that um, yeah. one of the most important things, especially as a martial artist as well, is when you are trying to portray that in a fictionalized format, it can be quite telling of someone's knowledge of how it is that they understand weight distribution or distance or timing or balance when you watch them draw someone falling over and getting back up. Like you learn to fall in so many different ways depending on what martial art you do. But just like the idea and act of like having to pick yourself up off the ground, that's a very important thing. Like watching someone get hit and watching them fall and get back up again, like seeing that done throughout this pixel art uh, medium is it's a it's a beautiful thing. And I think that the developers really understood how to make these characters not just feel as if they were like alive, but to give them their own idiosyncratic ways of, of being, those modes of being, those ways of walking forwards, walking back, jumping, attacking, kicking, punching, all of that. Like it sounds so basic and simple, but it's really nice to see characters sort of of with their own not just like modes of being so to speak but with their own personalities with their own sort of ways of doing something they, they all do quite similar moves in some aspects but some of the ways that they even like hold items for example little eddie holds his um his mic stand from the back so he holds it like over the top of his shoulder and then like the microphone is close to his to his mouth and face and the rest of it is just upwards at like a 45 degree angle behind him and it's just like i've never seen anyone hold a microphone like that but like that's just how little eddie does it that's just how little eddie rolls like, that's yeah. what i like I, I like that i like that personalization of of uh of trying to do something common in in their own way i think this game really nails that yeah yeah any any thoughts, uh, uh, Darius? Yeah, I've, I've been looking at the, the screenshots the last couple of minutes. I mean, it looks like really, I mean, it looks really cool and, and also really um, like the the JoJo inspired thing. Like it's, I guess I'm surprised and not surprised how influential like that was on so many things, especially games. Oh yeah, yeah. JoJo was a big deal. Um, it, it was already huge across uh, Asia in the in the nineties. Yeah, really. Is I feel like Robert, America was the last place for it. Kind of, is Rabbit based on anything, or is it completely original? Oh, it's an original property. 
original wow. game, but published by EA as a Japan exclusive. It's like, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, those that's words do not weird. seem like they belong together. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the weirdest stories about this game is that it's an Electronic Arts game developed in Japan. Like, what yeah. happened? Like, yeah. Mm. Just their brief foray into trying to make inroads uh, in Japan. This would have been before they became the biggest uh, game publisher in the world. So uh, this was mm. the early stages of trying to go global. Uh, back then, going global would have meant, um, you know, like trying to break into Japan because Japan would have been mm -hmm. the biggest game market at the time. Um, and it's just yeah. interesting that they made such an idiosyncratic game. Like clearly. This is not a corporate game, right? No one at no. EA was like, oh, okay, we have to make a JoJo game with a Chinese <laughs> theme. Like, almost every character is Chinese. Like, they have Chinese yeah. names. They use, like, really complex kanji, like, all over the place. Um, and then the art style is just so unique. Like, you, you have the characters are kind of like CPS2 looking Capcom, but more cartoony. And then the actual animal spirits are, like, uh, almost like like the classic Looney Tunes or Warner Brothers. They yeah uh, yeah very like classic Western cartoons cool. through a Japanese lens. Like they look like Japanese sports teams mascots. Yeah, that's, that's like the style they're yeah. trying. To, yeah, especially this one that looks like a looks like a green coyote, and his eyes are pointing into yeah. The it's 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 this is like the Sudoku Yahtzee of fighting games. Like I don't even. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like it shouldn't exist like but it does yeah oh man you know what? we should play this sometime is it on fight cake um i can check but it also i also i'm quite sure it is i think so i've definitely played if it's it before. If, if it's not on fight cake um i have a way of getting it very okay. easily so i will I will. I will check on that momentarily. We're like, okay. we're like I, I actually have the game. He's like, don't worry about it. Ah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I genuine. I have a genuine copy of it. I just don't have Saturn here, but I, <laughs> I do have the actual game. So, well, so you see, what we what we what we all need to do is just book some tickets to Thailand at this point. You know, that's what, that's what I think it doesn't need to happen. <laughs> like like Richmond, I, I I will have it soon. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. So, um, since we're already on the fighting game topic, I feel that I can bring up another game uh, that oh, yeah. be on the list that is not. A, it's it's interesting in a different way. Um, I don't know. Is anyone familiar with this game, uh, Brutal Pause of Fury? Yes. Oh my god. Oh. Yes, you didn't take my game. Yay. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this wasn't even the, this actually wasn't even isn't even my game that I wanted to bring up. But we're talking about fighting games, and this one does have a pretty fun rabbit character in it. It's yeah, yeah. You know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of anthropomorphizing <clears throat> games, but actually, uh, this game is interesting. It did a lot of things about with with uh, gameplay and mechanics that I, I think are actually worth mentioning. But um, I believe it came out in like '94, so we're still in the same era of it's like sprite-based 2D fighting game. Um, uh, I think it was originally for Sega CD, actually, or Sega Saturn. Um, I had it on SNES, uh, anyway, actually. It was multi-platform. I want to say it even came out on the Jaguar. Oh, really? Um, uh, maybe I not. Just, I just no, know no, no, that, no, 32X, uh, 32X, yeah. 32X, okay. Because I had it on Super Nintendo, so I, I actually had this game. It's in my, it's in my, my prized pile of SNES games that 
I'm proud to have like it's next to Chrono Trigger. Um, nice. I was like, haha, I have the actual game. Anyway, I don't know where I don't remember where I got it from, but uh, it, it's like so it's like a satirical anthropomorphized like Enter the Dragon style game. Um, like each character is like a different animal, but the, the designs are actually like pretty fun. Um, they're they're not what you might expect from like kung fu characters. Like for instance, the rabbit character is literally named Kung Fu Rabbit. At least that's how it's translated in to English. Um, and also, it's got stuff like uh, one of the mechanics that's pretty interesting about the game is that you actually have to unlock your special moves by fighting. Like you don't just have all of your move set unlocked initially, um, and you have to go to the the Dalai Lama. I'm not making that up. It's a llama. Um, so that gives you an idea of the kind of sense of humor the game's trying to have. Um, but, but the actual character animations are pretty well done. Um, and I remember there's like the, um, the, it's a pretty hard game. Like the, the, the damage scaling is pretty weird. Like there are certain attacks that'll just like body you for no reason. Um, and obviously it's like, it's not, it's, it's not as, uh, polished as a, a street fighter game in terms of how it plays, but like this was like worth playing. And uh, the thing that was pretty interesting at the time that I don't think I've seen in a lot of games is once you unlocked the special moves, the game would give you a password. Um, and when you use the password, uh, it wouldn't start you back like at the level or set, but it would, the pat the password basically gave you your character at the beginning of the game, but with the moves that you had unlocked um, from playing. So there was, it was, I think a little bit of an incentive to try to, get you to play the game and unlock different like taunts and special moves. And some of the taunts were actually like useful. They weren't just taunts. They, they had like uh, impacts or effects. Um, and I also had a pretty, pretty fun um, character select screen. It has like a, um, like a sunset and you, you actually are scrolling through like uh, it's got the silhouette of the character doing something against the, <clears throat> against the sunset, um, you know, very Kung Fu movie style. Um, and it has like a little blurb about the character that's about their fighting style, but it also, if you, if you let it sit there, it'll also talk about their backstory. So it's weird cause it doesn't really take itself seriously, but there's parts of it that have like a significant amount of effort. It actually had, um, a lot of, uh, animation work done for it. Like some of the in-game cutscenes are actually pr pretty good. Um, so anyway, it's a, uh, it also had an expansion that I don't know if, I don't think I played. Um, but, uh. Or like a, a a sequel that when they expanded uh, with additional characters. Brutal uh, Unleashed above the claw, right? Is is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what a right. what yeah. a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for the Sega 32X. And um, if you look at the art style of the game, it's 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 very much like a it's super 90s looking. It looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. And um, mm -hmm. I gotta say, it is definitely like by and for furries before that was like a, a <laughs> thing that people identified as like it's, it's very much a, it's very much a furry game like 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 wow. that, that, that uh that foxy lady is quite foxy and um uh, yeah, when I was uh, looking for looking up the, like some screenshots and, and whatever earlier you'll see fan art of the foxy lady unfortunately okay I'm actually surprised you don't hear about this game more, like because it, it, it's a very, very unusual uh, little, yeah, uh, but very polished. Like it, it's, it's it's very visually confident, right? Like it really commits to uh, 
to its thing and it just does it well and then it's it's just a you don't really see this this animation style in fighting games you know it's it's very unique oh my god i just oh gosh one of the guys just did a move he's wearing a cloak um and he throws his cloak over the other character and envelops them and then you just see writhing <laughs> underneath the hold on let me let me send oh this my. to you guys Um, yeah. I would say the the character animations are probably the the best thing about the game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal pause. Pop pause of Shirley. I and this is also one of those ones where I feel like if you if you haven't seen this game, however it, it looks like, it, it doesn't quite look the way that you're probably imagining. Um, like the the realization of the characters is pretty pretty interesting. Like the. Uh, the, the Dalai Lama does does not actually look like a llama. He looks kind of like a Oro mixed with a llama, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The design is kind of remind me of Earthworm Jim. Yeah, yeah a little bit. It's got that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say as well, very quickly, like these backgrounds, like they really are quite nice. Like I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking nice at them, and, like they're really quite well staged. Like I love the variation in color, the variation of location, just really intriguing. Like they're really, they're really, really good. Like you wouldn't necessarily think that, like that they would be chosen. Some of these, like they're really quite nice. Like they have like a bit of a classic theme in some of them being like, okay, one's in like a jungle, one's at the top of a mountain. But like now, like having a bit of a deeper look into like the actual like techniques utilized and stuff, like they're really quite cool like there's one image here that i'm looking at just one of the early ones to put in with like a kind of like a a giant like primate like sculpture like with like skulls all around its like neck and like a gem etched into his, like, its head but like it has like a leg which is like propped up from like the ground and like it's a very well-defined stone sculptured shin and calf and thigh like muscle it's, it, it's nicely done really really good yeah doesn't it almost the backgrounds almost—they they look a lot like like a PC uh, adventure game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see yeah, that. yeah. Very painterly and in a very PC way. They even use that like color cycling effects for the, for the water rather than like frame by frame animation. Just just like yeah. a lot of those old adventure point and click games. And even like look on the ground, uh, uh, the one I just put in there, it's oh, like kind of doing really some cool. really cool perspective. It's like, yeah, it's some really cool perspective work, and like it's they're they're doing something like imaginative with some of these locations. Like they might not be you know the most like you know like blowing out of the water type thing with their choice, but like the actual like techniques utilized to portray these places, like really really nice. Like I'm definitely a a big appreciator of of this for sure. Nah, this is awesome. All right, I, I just want to you know what I one noticed? One. Oh, one. I, I just oh, want to say real quick, some of the stages will elevate um, uh, the, the ground level. Like sometimes you're fighting in the middle of the screen just so they can show you more stuff ah. in the foreground. It's, it's very un yeah. unusual, yeah. I, I, I do want to mention for anybody, if you decide to pick up this game, uh, it is not like Street Fighter or, or anything. Like it is hard. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a learning curve like it's it's just a, a punishingly hard game <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god can i can i go next with another fighting fighting game oh sure go for it okay yeah i have i have another fighting game with rabbits and i'm not sure that you always you all know it know it huh. it's called overgrowth 
Oh, because I nope. was going to use that one. <laughs> you got it. Fighting, rabbits, and good animation. You're going to love it. So it's, oh, wow. Uh, so it's, uh, it's actually an old game. Uh, and it's not just a, a fighting game. It's more like a 3D roaming, fighting, ninja, rabbit, acrobatic game. Um, there are there are like uh, uh, staffs and blades and uh, platform yeah. and uh, the animation is very programmatic. Like you know, the the animation adapts to what you do. And this game was actually developed from by um by a small team or, or a single person maybe for a long time. Like for a very a long very time. long time, it was only available on the the website um, creator. And uh, it, I think it was a little bit like uh, a personal project, you know, to learn animation, yeah. to do your own stuff and, and all. And uh, it only got uh, a kind of commercial and uh, release on Steam a few years ago. And it's not just like a game. It's more like a sandbox than a game, if I understand correctly. And, uh, and the, the wall code source, uh, source code of the game, um, oh my god, AJ just dropped a video <laughs> saying I watched yeah. this 13 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's oh, it's yeah, a long, it it's an uh, it's a very long tail project. And um, today today I, it's available. Uh, the Walcott source is uh, available on GitHub. And actually, there's a lot of mods going on this game. Like it's more of a sandbox and uh, and a modding platform than a, a full fledged games. But there are some total conversions, so you can actually have a campaign in the game and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know what I. I think I've seen this game before. Uh, Overgrowth, right? Overgrowth. Yeah. Yeah. Wolffire game. Wolfire, I, I watched yeah. it. I watched a VDC talk from uh, the creator about how to do uh, procedural animation in games and how, mm -hmm. how to like make uh, run cycle out of like blending poses uh, rather than animating like every single thing in a unique way. Oh, that's pretty neat. So yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about y'all, but this, for, I'm looking at the the footage from the Steam version of this game right now, and I don't know why, but this like hits a ton of like nostalgic game development buttons for me. Um, <laughs> like the there's like a, a a part where it's showing kind of the the character doing like a Tenchu style, like um, you know 3D sneaking, and I don't know, just this like style of texture reminds me a lot of the the kind of work you're doing when you're just learning video games like you know when you're first creating like 3D worlds and you're like yeah i got yeah. it working like but but in a it, it, even the the newer version does feel polished like i don't know it makes me really want to play it actually like i'm like oh it actually just reminds me of a simpler time when i really just enjoyed this mm -hmm. like over the shoulder 3D kind of action game um that didn't oh have a lot of yeah. uh, like it had more of a a fun handmade feel to it but still still 3D i don't know it's yeah. uh it, it's really working for me, actually. I kind of want to play. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the game has a the, the game has a, a nice how to say it uh, flow. I feel like it's uh, it's the the procedural animation. It's not working all the time in all games, you know. But in this game, mm. it actually works kind of well. And what's funny is that no procedural animation in kind of three D fighting games like. Uh, uh, think, for example, uh, Ubisoft uh, For Honor, for example. It's a bit 
same time of type of game you know you have a map uh, there's a lot of procedural animation and stuff like that and uh, th this game almost feels like the um, the og of all those uh, those uh, those games that oh, we see yeah. recently you know so i really wanted to bring it because outside of the game itself there's a kind of um, interest to actually look at oh uh, like you can retrace the whole uh, YouTube account of the the developer Wallfire Games, and you're going to see like AJ is <laughs> digging up videos where there are only like cheap poses and ball characters. There's not even a rabbit yeah. in them, mm -hmm. and so that, that that's super fun. And the 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 the, the fighting stuff is actually kind of violent when you look at it because there's oh, blood yeah. the it's the are actually eating very hard and right. um and it's a kind of like medieval setting with rabbits doing kung fu so it's very strange like very strange but very interesting you can do low spinning kick like the, the rabbit has you know tekken brian snake edge like and it seems impossible to guard yeah. just like in tekken you know <laughs> so yeah, yeah he does do the snake edge totally oh, so yeah that's uh that's super funny and in some aspect there's also a kind of surrealist vibe in this because often the um, the, the the maps are a bit like non-realistic or there are some non-realistic game like brutalist parts but with rabbits yeah, on them liminal, fighting liminal yeah so it's yeah. very very funny so i really encourage you to, to to the listeners to to look at it just for your own curiosity it's very very interesting i can't believe you picked this but i'm glad that you did it at the same time because i'm just like that down <laughs> like I, I knew it was gonna happen like i was like i want to go next so i need to get this out because it's just too good of a game it's too good but, yeah, like, but... i'm gonna break it you know, I, I couldn't let you. I, I've been following this game for so long as a, as a yes, freelancer yeah. journalist. I was like, no, no, this, this one is mine. Like, I have a. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel it going. So I'm going to break away yeah. from, from games very briefly. I just want to talk about something which I may have mentioned before, but I have to mention again. I'm talking about Super Turbo Atomic Ninja Rabbit. I'm talking about Oh, oh my god. <laughs> you have to see this. The people have to know. So in essence, this was created and directed by someone called Wesley Lewis, executive, executive produced by uh, Lee Pavey James and uh, Sindel uh, Daniel and a whole bunch of other people. Some really, really cool, really amazing people who've had wonderful, wonderful input into this. So in essence, what it is that I'm describing to you is an imaginary sort of like mock-up intro for like a for an 80s like action tv show cartoon so basically it's full of different like kind of references to the different things but at the same time these character designs are absolutely like incredible in essence it's the intro sequence for what would have been many people's idea for the greatest tv series that never was so yeah wesley lewis and a bunch of other people they decided to kind of like create this uh super surreal hyper sort of like not 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 violent but like hyper vibrant sorry um looking introduction for like this for this animated show and i just i really really like it i think that it's one of the coolest things that i've seen in a long time introduced to me by one of my friends uh, michelle who showed this to me like a long time ago shout out to you brother like yeah like i really really enjoy just how much passion has been put into this just like you can tell this person has such a reverence for like thundercats and like he-man like teenage mutant ninja turtles and like so many different things but also different areas of like anime and stuff as well like it reminds me so much of like you know like the usagi yojimbo like comic book series you know like it reminds me so much of looking at 
really, really old sort of like samurai movies from like different areas of like Japan too, from like back in the day. Like when you'd be seeing sort of like really old style, sort of like really well staged, well thought through types of things. Just like when you think of something of like I don't know when you when you when when you're looking at uh, when you are looking at like a really well put together piece of work. And you're having all of the ideas and concepts so well mixed together, and they're sort of like put in, and they're sort of put into this perfect sort of like dish bounce mixture. Like it's just, it's so so nice. Like I really really enjoy it. Just uh, if you would like to, definitely definitely check this out. Just type in on YouTube. Just it's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, it's Super Turbo Atomic Ninja Rabbit. You'll see that, but also you'll see from the line there's like a shot breakdown too. And like it's just absolutely like wonderful. Like they do a little bit of a sort of like a pre-production shot, a, a bunch of the pre-production shots, and then also showing and talking about like the conceptualization phases and stages too. Like yeah, basically Wesley Lewis just talks you through like one of the animatics and stuff, and it's just it's really really cool. Yeah. Well, so what, what do you all think about this? Tell me what what do you, what are you all seeing? What you're thinking? Yeah. The vil- the villains look amazing. They're, yeah. The, uh... It's just like a vulture antagonist and like a giraffe. And I don't know, just uh, the the way that they combine the animals with the type of hero or villain they are really works for me. Yeah. It's really cool. So, so this is not a show. It's not no, but when when it was released, thing. people yeah people thought that it was like real. You would you would genuinely see comments of people I've, being like, oh, I remember watching the show. I remember something like this on TV at like four when I was like. <laughs> I, I am I am now actively like, sad that yeah. there's no show to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it looks so good. Um, the but rooster like, as frisbees, like disc frisbees, like yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. One thing I love as well is That's the sound directions. Yeah, especially like the um, the introduction to like the, like the little bumper at the start with like the WTL, the little like shiny little logo. Like I love bumpers like that. Like I'm a big fan of. Um, I, I've said to Richmond and the gang before. Just like I sometimes like I'll sit and just watch like old um, adverts and like commercials from different countries. So like I'll watch like Japanese TV from like years ago, or I'll watch like different bits of like American TV. And like it's a big part of like why it's like I've just got this big like kind of reverence for like a well produced like bumper or a well-produced like introduction for something because like it needs to sort of stick in your mind and be like instantly recognizable through not only it's obvious you know design or for the guys here who've done like you that ux and ui design or just like general production design on something like you'll know about how important that is how something isn't just like homogenous in its design sense but also it's memorable as well and like it's not too it's not too cluttered, it's not too clunky that it can follow like the form and function of what can kind of like constitute as like a proper, like a good design in essence and something that is helpful and like that contributes beneficially to a project and stuff. And this is like the, the epitome of that, like to me, it makes it feel like a real like TV show bumper, like just that on its own sort of sets the scene for a, oh, this isn't just something that someone kind of threw together. This is like well-produced and well-put together. Is this real? This feels real. Let me look for it. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally hits the that that uh, retro uh, vibe, which, which is actually pretty hard to do. It's not easy, even with all the reference in the world. It, it's it's hard to still really nail the feeling of, of something, especially because like when you use um, modern uh, uh, software, modern methods, that lends itself towards a certain style, right? Like a lot of times. Uh, uh, 
the, 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 the tools do actually influence how, you know, what you end up making. Uh, so they really put in a lot of effort to make it feel like really authentically uh, retro. And, and uh, the, you know, and it's not just like dogmatic, there's some depth to it. It's, it's more of a uh, showing their appreciation for that era. And uh, yeah, I just want to say it immediately gave me like a samurai troopers, uh, you know, uh, Ronin warriors that kind of vibe too. That, that was one of the first uh, shows I ever got into as kids. So seeing that rabbit in that red armor is like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> I want to watch this. Yeah, if you actually have a look on like the line animation.com, you can actually find like an original like comic book like that actually inspired this oh, from uh, Wesley as well. It's really it's really well put together. Like, if you just click on mm -hmm. like uh, the link that's in there, you'll see a sort of like script and like strip of it. But in essence, yeah, like this was about ten pages of like a comic that were, that Wesley had worked on from like a very very long time ago. And in essence, like you decided to just be like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna turn this into something. I'm gonna work with some amazing people and really start to put this into put this into practice and try and see if we can make something beautiful out of it. And yeah, that's exactly what happens. Like some of the coolest images that I've seen from this were quite literally just like some of the backgrounds as well. I just want to give like a bit of a shout out to those. Like just really, really beautiful artwork that are just so evocative of that adventurous feel that that emotion that you feel when you sort of like oh my goodness like we're going on a journey type of thing like i really like it but one other thing as well like they actually did were able to create like fake kind of like lunch boxes and like sort of like flasks and things like that as if it was like a real you know like full, full on like big time prime time like ip that like all the kids were you know loving and stuff and just yeah it's really really cool to, to have a think about just like looking at the fact that somebody put so much effort and time and practice and also patience into this because i think that trying to get this visual aesthetic down is something that you've got to be really really patient about just in terms of trying to figure out how to get it to look so nicely yeah yeah the original video itself actually as well it has a, a really cool sort of downscaled, like sort of lower res look to it, specifically because it was also uploaded, you know, where to kind of like kind of trick people sometimes and be like, oh, hey, look, like I found this on VHS. I could only recover the intro in a few seconds of an episode. Like, enjoy this type of thing. <laughs> and then like, you, yeah, you'd get people like, oh, this is like a real cool thing. Like, yeah, I, I just really love the fact that like people have been able to sort of like share a fake imagined version of what they would have loved with each other and that that's caused such a, a mass amount of like hype between so many people who love the same type of stuff. It's just nice. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, Sean. Uh, Sean. Oh, okay. Sean just went. Sorry. Darius. 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 Oh, yeah. okay. Um, Drop the best for a bit. Oh well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's gonna be the best, but it's, but I got at least uh, two of them that are in the same game. Uh, the, the game I'm gonna bring up has a there's a character that's like a hybrid rabbit, and then there's another character that I don't think technically is a rabbit, but he's definitely inspired by. He's basically a rabbit plus a Totoro character, uh, Waku Waku Seven. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, that's a good choice. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I first heard about this. Uh, well, I found it when I, around the time I started getting into like emulation, like um, 
finding like ROMs of random stuff. And I, and I got a Neo Geo uh, emulator and I'm just kind of scrolling through uh, whatever site I was on. And I saw imagery from this. I'm like, Oh, what is this? And it was like, I think I was immediately drawn to how like kind of cartoony it was. I don't, at that point, I don't think I'd seen a lot of fighting games that sort of had that, uh, had that aesthetic, but like there was so many like interesting, cool looking characters in it. And, um, to kind of tie back to Jojo, yeah, there's definitely a guy in here who's, who's inspired by uh, uh, what is it, uh, Joseph Joestar? Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, yeah, Dandy J. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, looks just like and, Joseph. Yeah. And and one thing, I think, uh, since I was playing around with the uh, Neo Geo games, I don't know if I played this before or after Galaxy Fight, but even though I didn't even know or maybe didn't even pay attention, it was made by the same people, I still kind of picked up on the visual similarities. Like, there's a stage in uh, Galaxy Fight where the animals look almost exactly like the animals in uh, one of the character stages in uh, Waku Waku 7. And I was somewhat surprised when I found out, like, oh, I, well, I guess that, yeah, I guess that makes sense why they look so similar. No, you, you have a great eye. Yeah, they're, they're both made by Sunsoft. Um... Galaxy yep. Fight came out first. Waku Waku 7 was the follow-up. And actually, they were planning a, a sequel uh, that never got made, unfortunately. It looked beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, the people unearthed some documents. And um, I believe they were going to put some Galaxy Fight characters into Waku Waku 7, uh, including uh, Rumi, the, the rabbit girl from Galaxy <laughs> Fight. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I think yeah. I saw post that on Twitter one day. Yeah. Oh, I, I, she's she's kind of like a rabbit slash kangaroo uh, girl. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Waku Waku Seven, super cool game. Oh yeah, the the rabbit character was uh, Arena. 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 Yeah. Arena uh, Makihara is a rabbit girl in a leotard uh, with a cool jacket. Yeah, she's sort of like one of the Ken and Ryu type characters in the game. One of the main characters. Yeah. She got yeah, the trunks jacket. Oh, you're right. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's so cool. Yeah. I want a jacket like that. I'm not cool enough to wear it. Yeah, you are, brother. Just hit it up, man. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Time to to eat the the shopping afternoon. Like, uh, yeah. Get the sales up. Now, I've got to say as well, like, I've played Waka Waka 7, like, a bit, and, like, this is definitely one of the characters that, like, stood out for me for sure. It's one of the kind of prototypical, like, protagonist-type characters in a game like this, but at the same time, like, they're so full of, like, a bounce for life that you kind of just, you kind of just let it ride, you know? You're just like, you know what? Like, I like this. This is cool. This character looks, like, fun. And, like, yeah, I love the way that she moves. I love the way that she animates. I actually really do also enjoy just, like, the simplicity of, like, her color palette, too. I think there's something mm. to be said about like just the sort of earnest, you know, like that red, white, and blue with brown hair type of typical look that you might see in a protagonist character. And when you look at them and think about them, you think to yourself, all right, they look a bit basic, but like sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can have yeah, a character exactly. who in essence just doesn't have to have all of like the, the bells and whistles, so to speak. Like she doesn't look like a, for example, she doesn't look like a super complicated, like guilty gear character for a second. But at the same time, like, like when you're looking at it, there are numerous different sort of like prototypical, like anime protagonist things about her that you could list and name, but they still work. They're still like homogenous in a, in a pleasurable like way. Like for example, like the, the goggles on the head, like, that's a, that's a big thing, which we always see in a, in a prototype character. One of the, 
the things that I love the most, even like be it characters from like Digimon, be it characters from like some Sonic games, be it all sorts of different types of people. But like, I'm a big, big admirer and enjoyer of the of the of the earnest and honest protagonist character. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, I have a fun inner, bit of inner, trivia. Inner, um... Okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, just, just yeah. real quick, I was to say, her costume also uh, sort of reminds me of, like, rogues, like, 90s, like, outfit, which, speaking ah. of Southern Bells, also makes me oh, think of yeah, uh, the, bunny, the bunny character from uh, the Saturday morning uh, Sonic cartoon. So, like, I, I kind of get multiple layers of, like, influences when I, when yeah. I look at uh, this character. It's a uh, cream the bunny, right, from Sonic? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean like the, in the um, uh, bunny rabbit from the uh, I don't know if we're, the, the Saturday morning uh, Sonic cartoon. Oh, I think maybe the one with the, the game. With, uh, oh, I, with, I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was just describing right? the kind of like uh, the uh, the kind of uh, domino effect that occurred in my mind. Like, okay, uh, bunny character got a costume, so it looks like Rogue Southern Belle. Then that makes me think of the bunny from the Sonic cartoon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, actually, the chain doesn't even stop there, like, because uh, the game I entirely by forgot about the whole also has Southern Bell bunny. Hmm. I was, I was, I was yeah, entirely yeah, forgot yeah. about the whole Southern Bell thing that Rogue had going on. That was a whole, that was a whole phase of that character. That was a whole thing, yeah. Oh, that was the character. Yeah. Like, yeah, she did a lot. Yeah, she had like a raspy Southern Bell voice in the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, she 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 sounded like Peach Cobbler. Like <laughs> she was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to uh, give you an interesting bit of trivia about uh, Arena um, from Maku Waku Seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Adam, as you pointed out, uh, her color palette is like intentionally really simple, right? Like like in the game. Uh, her default colors, the leotard is just pretty much just two tones, right? Just shadow and mid-tone with no outline. Mm. And it's, it's especially for the time, like it was very striking. Uh, but she actually did have an extra layer of shading that I don't know if it was, it must have been intentional. I think they just did it and then they decided it looked better uh, flat uh, because they removed that extra layer. But you can still see it in her alternate films. In her yellow costume, mm. she has more shading. She has oh, one more tone oh, of shading yeah, to her body and like, yeah. But in her blue and white costume, um, she she does not. And, and and that is that is why people listen to Art Eater, right? To get fun, yeah. fun <laughs> trivia. Like only, 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 only here do you get the cream of the crop of niche Kusoge fighting uh-huh. games. Uh, <laughs> only here. Oh my god. Oh, oh okay. See what you did there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you absolutely love oh, to yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Darius, you, you, you had a... Uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, did someone else want to say something? No, no. Go, 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 go. Okay, Darius, you had you had a, you have a, another game, right? Can can I guess? Do you, do you mind if I guess? Just just because I'm stealing everyone's games today. We'll keep <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm I'm reaching deep into both of our souls, and I think if we're gonna talk <laughs> about rabbits and video games, right? We gotta talk about Odin Sphere. Yeah. 
yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I just, I just want to mention. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to it later. But like Richmond, every time you're about to reveal a game, I think it's going to be a different game, and then, it, and then it's not. But when you say it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that too. Okay. Yeah, for me, when I think my favorite rabbit character, um, I, I immediately think of uh, Cornelius uh, from Odin Sphere. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, Odin Sphere is the vanillaware game. Uh, it was their, their, their second game, really the first game that, they, that was an international hit for them. Um, and Cornelius was one of the characters, and he, he's a puka, so he's not technically a rabbit. He's, he's been cursed and turned into a, a puka, which is like this, uh, this race of rabbit people. And in fact, all of them uh, were turned into rabbits as, as a curse. Uh, they're not like the natural uh, people. Was, there was a great a accident, and they, are, they used to be human, and they turned into these adorable little rabbit people. And uh, yeah, Cornelius is just... He's just so noble and, and gallant and heroic, even though he's like this little uh, rabbit dude. Um, and he's got this big crystal sword and he's super acrobatic. It's like uh, the way he fights is like if, 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 uh, if Sonic or, or I don't know, uh, Blanca like had a sword, right? Like he just kind of yeah. rolls through the air and it's just real wild. Um, yeah, lots yeah. of like spinning attacks and he's so much fun it's especially oh especially in a uh, odin squared life life first year um, I'm, I'm sorry for mangling that but um the the odin sphere remake with the updated gameplay he is super fun like they made him like really hard hitting you know in addition to being fast like he's got so much weight uh behind his attacks especially the ones that you can charge up and oh gosh i just love that game I, I, I love yeah. Vanillaware. They're they're my favorite favorite developer. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But but yeah. please, Corn um, Cornelius also start, kind start of uh, has uh, to me when I look at when I look at him, he has like a similar energy of like Frog from Chrono Trigger. You know, someone turned into an animal. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know, gallant mm -hmm. uh, fighter with a sword. Like I think that's probably one of the reasons why he was one of the characters I played the most. I used to love doing like that aerial like spin thing with his uh sword. So like Sonic is also a, a really good um uh comparison. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about characters that spin, I'm telling you. Like just it's why one of my favorite is <laughs> like a tornado kick. I just I just love spinning. Like it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sorry, do do go on though, do go on. Ah. <laughs> uh... Oh, this is very great. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to leave soon, folks. So I'm gonna drop a last rabbit for you and then um, sure. let you finish. Okay. So uh, I'm sorry because we just spoke about a, a very adorable rabbit, and uh, and since it's art eater, we have to talk about art in general. And so, mm. do you know where you you can find rabbits in art too? Where is this? Where is that? In at the back of painting in the form of rabbit skin glue. Oh, oh my wow. god. <laughs> like oh. I learned oh, like <laughs> I learned like a few, a few years ago, but basically I learned that there's a, the, the, the old glue that was used in painting, for example, when you line a painting, you add a, a second layer of um, of tissue on the on the back of an existing painting, you often uh, artisan craft um, painting specialist in the past 
uh, before the invent of you know uh, chemi modern chemistry and things like that, they were doing uh, glue based on rabbit skin, hence rabbit wow. skin glue. And so um, it's actually a very old material, and it actually deteriorates a lot because it's it is um, hydrophonic. No, not hydrophonic. Uh, it it can absorb water, so it uh, it oh, can fail. Yeah, hydrophonic. And so, if you want to learn more about this, because, like, where do you learn this? Uh, <laughs> I have to recommend a very good uh, YouTube cha channel that is called uh, Baumgartner Restoration. And that's basically a, 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 paint, a painting restorator, which is uh, imagine someone scrapping and cleaning paintings with a very ASMR style voice and music and sometimes you will see him just like in his last video for example removing the back of the painting and you can see the rabbit skin glue that is removed and he has to you know uh, moisturize it again to um, remove it completely with a scalpel and stuff like that so wow. yeah I, I was like oh they're never going to steal this one from me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to learn all about rabbit skin blue and see and watch absolutely fantastic video of restoration, uh, Baumgartner restoration on YouTube, it's completely free. They just completed a, a four part where they add a painting uh, uh, made on wood and it was split in three parts and they had to glue back the part together and stuff like that. It's incredible. Like the wow. The, the the true people like uh, it's mainly uh, one conservator and uh, his apprentice they have some time work to do which is incredible and so yeah rabbit skin glue most of the time because uh, like they they take paintings that were i don't know fixed for example 100 years ago or, or more and so they replace things with modern materials that do not age or yellowed or or stuff like that so it's Amazing. Overall, you can watch it like a, uh, a calm, relaxing documentary. Most videos do between 20 and 40 minutes. You're gonna love it. Like it's it's like the perfect thing. Like uh, with the coffee in the morning, it's the perfect thing. Like uh, just uh, just go for it. That sounds so good. That sounds exactly yeah, what I need. Like, <laughs> I think I'm you're going to enjoy it. To that later. Yeah. yeah, and so just so life. you know, rabbit skin glue is not used anymore in painting restoration and stuff. Like we have chemicals and uh, and better better glue. So yeah, that's um, no rabbits were uh, hurt in the in those videos. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and with this, I'm going to have to leave you, uh, folks. So thank you for having me, and uh, I hope you have fun. Uh, finishing the the podcast <laughs> yeah thank you thanks for stopping by i'm gonna yeah. lock into the the discord to see the the the, the images and stuff of <laughs> what you're going to post <laughs> next <laughs> yeah okay all right we'll catch okay. you later man catch you later bye yeah bye. <clears throat> all right can, uh, can, yeah. can can i get a, a, a quick one in there while while we're yeah, talking do. about the fine arts sure Okay, uh, so if we're going to talk about rabbits and fine classical art, we're going to talk about the Chōryū Jinbutsu Giga, uh, which is uh, literally means animal person caricatures. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's a wow. series of uh, scrolls 
uh, from uh, oh, wow. 12th century Japan. Uh, they're just very classic scrolls. And uh, these were uh, narrative scrolls. So, um, you know, you would literally like unfold the scroll and then keep unfurling it and it would keep going and going and telling a story. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, oh, uh, sequentially. And a lot of people consider this the uh, precursor to uh, manga, right? Because this was, this was a, you know, these were for entertainment, right? And, and you had these really fanciful scrolls. Uh, it, it, the most iconic parts have like uh, rabbit and frog people. And uh, they're, they're just doing stuff like there's there's a scene where they're like sumo wrestling. You, you see like some frogs and, and rabbits like locking up and just trying to like wrestle each other. And um, it, it's just really uh, beautiful. And um, uh, even I, I, I recall one, a while back I read an essay from I wanted to say it's uh, Takahata from Studio Ghibli wrote an essay about how, um, you know, that that animation manga in Japan, like it, it has deep roots. Yeah, like a lot of people assume like, oh, you know, they, they lost World War II and they got colonized with America and then America introduced all this. And it's like, no, this stuff has even a deeper, you know, indigenous uh, roots, right? Because when, when you look at the, uh, the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The Choju Giga, um, it's still pretty modern looking. Like you, you can visually follow along, and it's like the the frogs look funny. Like the rabbits look cute. Like it still has like a lot of like vitality and just cartoony appeal to it. Um, and then in uh, 2016, uh, Studio Ghibli actually did an animation uh, directly inspired by it. I, I just linked to it in our chat. But um, if you want to see it, you can hop on YouTube and look up. Choju Jin Butsu Giga Studio Ghibli, and uh, you'll see this really beautiful black and white moving scroll painting of uh, you know this rabbit uh, just running along during a storm, just trying to trying to get out of the the rain. And it, it, it's just so beautifully realized. Oh yeah, Gosh, so this, nice. this looks so good. Yeah, oh, amazing. All right, so just uh, speaking of art, I just have to bring in another one of my all-time, all-time favorites. This is something very like near and dear to like my heart and my childhood, especially, especially someone growing up in England as well. Like it's actually quite intriguing considering the sort of like artistic like history of this person. Also, their work with respect to like illustration history too. Like mm -hmm. shout out to Beatrix Potter for creating um, Peter Rabbit. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this is one of like my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite rabbit characters from absolutely anything. Beatrix Potter was born on July 28, 1866. Uh, also shout out to someone else born in July. That was uh, just super, super cool. But uh, to Rupert and Helen Potter in Kensington, London. Uh, Beatrix's parents were bourgeois Victorians who lived on the inheritance from their families uh, contrary during the industrial era. But Rupert was a qualified barrister throughout that. He also practiced law, spent time focused on his passions for art and photography. However, Beatrix Potter eventually like showed lots of like you know from a young age promise within art, constantly sketching like animals and like learning about like the natural world around her, and also keeping lots of like pets for like study. But also at the same same time playing with the hedgehogs, mice, frogs in the garden, all that sort of stuff like that reminds me of like my childhood like immediately, just playing with like lots of small. Aww. 
cute pets and like animals like having a really good time with respect to just playing in the garden especially like england in and of itself it can be quite like muddy looking gray at times but also like the ways in which like she'd capture the sort of like most warm elements of like family life with these cute adorable like rabbits and like badgers and like small little other types of like robin bird and blackbirds and also her, her depiction of like food and like berries as well like oh literally amazing like i have so many fond memories of like looking at these different books and reading the tales of peter rabbit and the sort of mischief they used to get up to and get into with numerous different other other characters of the stories but like yeah like I'm telling you, if you haven't yet, look at some of Beatrix Potter's work in art and look at how she handles, like, lighting. Look at how she handles uh, different types of, like, fabric. Look at how she handles composition. Like, one of my favourite things that she does, in essence, is she's so able to sort of, like, throw in really interesting kinetic and dynamic positions for different characters. Like, you'll never really see them standing, like, perfectly still. They're always doing something. They're always looking at something. They're always running. They're always walking. One other thing as well is just, like, she's always been really good at capturing, like, the sort of, like, tenderness and warmth of, like, familial bonds and relationships, like, hugs, for example, or little kisses that characters would give each other, or just even, like, looking at, like, what the mother bunny would be doing for the others, like, cooking and cleaning and just being really nice and stuff like that. Like, it's really, really cool to sort of, like, see and think about how well all of this was, like, put together and stuff. I've really, really enjoyed the... I really enjoyed the ways in which these characters and their emotions were portrayed. I think that there's a, a beautiful softness and a warmth and a, an almost nurturing energy and aura that comes from a lot of this art. And I think so much of it is not only obviously linked to my own nostalgia of being, you know, super little and like looking at this stuff, but yeah, like I really just enjoy so much of the, the color utilization, the shape language. And there's a sort of almost like a, a light kind of feathered sort of like texture like applied in essence to some of like the colors as well like in some of the more watercolored like drawings like it's just really nice i can see the brush strokes in such a sort of bitch it's, it's a little um it's like a little splash like a sort of like splish splash splash type of thing with, with the paint there and i really like the the way that you can sort of see the the featheriness of some of the lines i really like it it's nice oh, it is beautiful i mean beatrix potter was a genius like i I, I, yeah, like her work is just so wonderful and like so innovative and so timeless. Like it's still, I don't think it's aged a day. Like it still looks so fresh, so lively. Like, oh yeah. There, there's still a oh, pretty, gosh. pretty uh, active community around uh, the books and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, definitely very timeless. Yeah. So I wanted to yeah, also I, I call, out, these up. Yeah. call out when, when I was into it as a kid, I was actually really into Benjamin Bunny, his, uh, uh, oh nice peter peter rabbit's uh i think it's his cousin but also because my middle name is benjamin so i was like oh that's Aww. that's me not really but uh <laughs> has, benjamin also has like a really cool hat and i don't know to your point the uh the combination of realism but personification is really really uh impressive it's uh yeah. they have a lot of character um and but they don't feel cartoonish they feel real they feel real which is strange yeah, but without that uncanny valley feeling, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's it just feels so so right. Yeah. I also yeah. think that uh, Mrs. Tigglywinkle is perhaps one of the best. Uh, yes. <laughs> one of the best uh, character depictions uh, of a hedgehog I think I've seen, uh, other than Sonic, like a, a realistic <laughs> hedgehog. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about just how influential Beatrix Potter is. Like, she definitely influenced, like, the Delaware, Ghibli. I wonder if she sowed the seed for Sonic. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure she's popular. That's a really good point. Like, in, in a lot like, of ways, like have a character not only with so much kind of like attitude, of course, but also like it's the idea of just being able to give these animal characters such like a wide range of like emotions, not only just through like what it is that they're saying, but what it is that they're actively like doing itself. Like, they're not just being like, oh, we're just like random people, it's at the same time like being able to infuse varying areas of like comedy, some like hidden adult themes, like a variety of different things in there that very much speak to how it is that we even. And view those characters at the same time it's really really cool and the fact the fact that this artwork and so much of this is over like 150 years old it's ridiculous to think about like it's crazy mm. well yeah. well to, to mention that uh, an aside about that um is i had a friend in high school that had got three new rabbits and they named the rabbits flopsy mopsy and cottontail with with you know how like um <laughs> It's kind of like the the opposite of like you know how like when someone gets a a golden retriever and they name it Marley and you're like that's gonna be a terrible dog, um, you're, you're, <laughs> you're you're setting it up for for failure basically. So their idea was oh we got these 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 cute little rabbits, Flopsy Mopsy and Cottontail are like uh, Peter's sisters and they're supposed to be good rabbits, um, and they were all like oh and we've named them this they're gonna be really good rabbits they're gonna be super chill. And not chew and destroy everything, and that was the exact opposite of what happened. So it really didn't work out as intended. But like to the point AJ was making, this is like, you know, f- you know, fifteen years ago. But you know, Beatrix Potter characters from hundreds of years before that. I mean, the influence uh, in in culture and how people think about it is still there. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's something that I just want to say as well, just very quickly, like. There are, of course, you know, me being me, I gotta mention this, but like, there are lots of like socio-political avenues as to like how it is that she even decided to draw certain areas and certain characters as well. Like, she has even some small commentary on capitalism in like the tale of like the ginger and pickles, which features like a mouse hiding in bed after like swindling customers. You know, like she has often drawn within different regard like a sort of gradual shift landing from like wealth to trade industries and like thinking about like you know opposing violence in some ways but often like depicting it however being able to sort of like revel in violence against like symbols of like widely accepted like social convention and like norms so for example like speaking about for example a critic Humphrey Carpenter wrote in their essay excessively impertinent bunnies that she displayed like a a vigorous contempt for the for most of the accepted Victorian social values and like that's something which is really interesting to see how someone can so often through their work speak how it is that they specifically feel and like this is honestly in one of the projects i'm working on this is something that i'm trying to you know do like which one seeing like a little very tiny miniature small slice of one of those a few years ago and like that was something that i've always sort of felt i've tried to very much try try i've tried to very much keep that that flame and that spirit alive to to speak truth to, to power in many ways, but also do so with characters that can be like intriguing and like well designed and informative. But at the same time, they might not necessarily be a specific, you know, like okay, I'm going to draw like a politician perhaps. But like there are areas and ways and avenues for us to portray these these social conventions and norms. And I think that having seen that someone did this and having them been born over 150 years ago, I might say earlier, yeah, it's, it's really interesting 
interesting to just see that like there's so many different ways that like we can peel back the layers of this person's work and just the ways in which it is so influential even through now even through to myself currently and of course the hundreds of thousands and millions of other artists and people out there over time who have seen that and been inspired by it, as we've mentioned here it's just amazing to see how this really did stand the test of time not just through artwork itself but through the sentiments within i think it's wonderful yeah Oh, wonderfully put. All right, let's. Um, gosh, we could do a whole episode of that, but yeah, I, I, I think, think we should in the future for sure. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah, but yeah. but in the meantime, James. Yeah, let's do it. I think you got a you got a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> when it when it comes to money media, uh, obviously, you know, we can explore spectrums for an infinite amount of time but uh somehow in the midst of this casserole of a conversation we've been having uh i i got hit in the face with some uh nostalgia now i don't know if everyone in here has seen this as a child but uh hello I think he cut off. Ah, oh, damn it! They got him again. <laughs> they caught him again. Yeah, um, they don't want me. They don't want me spreading the. Uh, yeah, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're back. You're back. Cool, cool, cool. You're back. Yeah. Okay. Get the yeah, propaganda man. out. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get the rapper propaganda out. So basically, uh, I grew up with this uh, fever dream of a cartoon called Captain Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is a goofy. Um, confident romp of sci-fi and just bunny punny action and uh, I, I, I grew up with this and I haven't seen it in like years but uh, something about you guys talking about Peter the Rabbit and uh, me being in a Peter the Rabbit play as a child uh, oh. <laughs> reminded me that I used to watch this show and I used to have toys of it yes. also. Oh, yeah. Like, nice. like, like the so animation, good. yeah, the animation pipeline back in the day, like toys were like a mandatory thing. And they programmed the shit out of us to buy, get our parents to buy those toys. And they were cool. And they were interesting. Like, as a kid, you didn't want anything bad to happen to them. Like, you just, yeah, like... I, I, I don't even know, like when you're a kid and you watch shows like this, it's almost like you see them through a different lens than you do like as an adult, but like whatever it was about this show, it kept me tuned in. Like, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like some of you actually saw this as well. So, you know, yeah. I'm interested to hear like you guys thoughts when you first saw it. I think it sticks uh, out I, in my I, mind. I, I like the figures. Okay. Like uh, I remember seeing commercials for them, and I always wanted them, but I never got them. Oh no! Oh man! Yeah. So you missed out. Yeah, yeah. they were they were, they were pretty figures. dope. Um, so they the the figures happened. The show happened in the wake of uh, Ninja Turtles, of course. And yeah, superficially, it's very similar. You got these animal people, action packed, and and these cool toys, um, but but Bucky O'Hare uh, was actually created in the late 70s. It was originally a comic, 
right? It was by uh, Larry Hama, uh, creator of the G uh, most of the GI Joes that we know today. He wrote, yep. uh, he created all the characters for the cartoon, not not for the you know old comics, but for for the uh, '80s comics and the cartoon. Larry Hama, first first chap, uh, first Asian, first not white editor at Marvel. Uh, he, he was Japanese American. So, um, first, yeah, and really historically important dude, amazing writer. Uh, he wrote for like Conan and so many other cool things too. And then Michael Golden is one of the most underrated uh, Marvel artists. Um, he drew uh, Micronauts uh, in, in the early 80s, which uh, went on to influence like everybody. Micronauts was uh, licensed from uh, the Japanese toy line Microman, uh, which became Transformers and GoBots in America. Uh, oh my then, God. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and then the uh, the comic that he did, they're based off of Japanese toys, but he gave it his own, you know, his own twist, and they came up with a new story. And this, the art style is this cool, like, fusion of, like, tokusatsu and Marvel, and it set the tone for 90s comics, I think. Um, sorry, we, okay, getting back to Bakio here. So Michael Golden <laughs> drew the comic. Uh, it debuted, um, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, 80... 84. Um, and then I think after the Ninja Turtles, people suddenly saw the commercial value in it and they got an animated series and awesome toys. Like, so cool. I I remember I was lucky enough to own um, two Bakio Air toys. It was, uh, it was my birthday. And, you know, my parents took me to a, we had a local shop called Juvenile Toys. And, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and they were uh, just... I don't know, these, out of all the uh, balls of toys, like these stood out. Like there was Bucky, he just was cool, green. He's a green rabbit. <laughs> he's a green space yeah. rabbit. His, his fur is green. Um, and he's, he's, he's got this bright red suit. And it, uh, oh, hey, he's got the goggles up, right? Uh, the goggles turned up on his forehead as a classic feature of, uh, of these, these heroes. Um, so I got Bucky. And then I also got the uh, gorilla. Uh, uh, I want to say his name was uh, maybe it was Bruiser. Yeah. Oh, he's a berserker baboon. Okay, but actually he looks like a gorilla. And not only does he look like like the space gorilla with like this weird spiky Mad Max armor, but uh, he even has a nose ring with a chain going into his earring. That's such like an unusual design decision, uh, especially for back then. Like, I just thought that was like so cool. Like, I just thought he was just this, 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 such a cool character, and I, I had no idea what the comic was. Uh, I didn't see the show till later. I just the, the toys just had instant appeal. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, the toys are cool. Yeah, and the, the comic is beautiful too. I, the show's cool. Uh, the comic, I really recommend people pick it up. It's, it's drawn beautifully. Uh, Michael Golden ended up influencing like like Todd McFarlane, Lyafield, Jim Lee, Art Adams, like all all, all the greats, like amazing artists. Uh, he, he's still around. I think he's still doing comics. Um, and I think there was a Konami game too. Uh, uh, Beat 'em up. Yeah, there was. 
Yeah, I was, I was just looking at like that, but also I was just checking out the actual like introduction for the cartoon, and it, I'm telling you, that was that was a lot. That was wild. Like, there's so much going on. The lyrics were just like <laughs> you were 100 yeah. miles per hour. You got lasers flying out the sky, flying out all across space. You got explosions happening every other couple of seconds. You've got just like some really intriguing color palettes too i think that one of the most sort of like intriguing things about this is like the utilization of like green obviously also pinks magentas oranges and like peach tones as well like you kind of don't see them all too massively utilized in terms of like main kind of like colors for like a spaceship perhaps you wouldn't necessarily see a giant orange spaceship walking or flying around but yeah like i really enjoy it It actually even kind of funnily enough kind of looks a bit like a carrot to me and i'm like it's probably a little rabbit pun in there but like yeah like Mm -hmm. it's it's really intriguing just like the way in which this 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 era of cartoon especially like they were doing things that would really specifically capture your attention and i think that it's not so much that like oh this is like missing from like today it's mostly just the fact that like this here to me looks like a perfect encapsulation of like a time period in animation especially in areas of the u.s but especially just in in general i think that it's got so many useful and like intriguing techniques that it's utilized here i think that even just for example listening to like the lyrics too it started to influence it started to mix in some like kind of bass like hip-hop influences and stuff like it sounds like some run dmc honestly if i'm listening to it and being honest like it does just just because of the fact that like the ways in which like the beat is staged and like the the rapping and like the lyricism over the top of that like i really enjoy it just like it's very yeah. infectious and i'm really feeling this i've never even really watched bucky o'hare too much honestly it's a bit before my period of time but like yeah like i'm uh i'm definitely intrigued i'll, I'll have to check this out for real yeah nice. i i, I want to james terrius like who are your favorite characters I mean, I I, I kind of just rode with Bucky for real, like I, I kind of was just obsessed with 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 his everything. Like I just I thought he like 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 I don't know, man. I was I was a child, and I really just was like Bucky is the shit, and probably didn't so even know cool. why. But he was so cool. Like he was just like yeah. Do you, do you remember he was actually smooth with the ladies, which was very unusual for a, an American children's cartoon. Like there yeah. was an episode where like he he was actually he wasn't like just you know hitting on everyone, but like there was an episode where he had chemistry with this this uh, fox lady, and he kept calling her foxy lady in a not creepy way. You could tell she was into it too. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, they're flirting. <laughs> like it it felt so grown up. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that is true. Like, I, I actually do remember that. And I think, like, the the only other cartoon that, you know, had a character that was kind of, like, that smooth was probably James Bond Jr. Like, that's probably the only other... Like, James Bond Jr. and, and Bucky definitely were, like, the smoothest of that, like, the spectrum of that era. So, yeah, like, and I mean, James Bond Jr. was really, like, that show was this wild in and of itself, but I was like, damn, dude, like, this dude, this dude's out here spitting game to the point where, like, little kids are taking notes, like, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, yeah, Bucky, I was, I was team Bucky, man. Yeah, I, I just gotta give a quick shout out to uh, Deadeye Duck, 
Just, just one okay. of the yeah. craziest characters. I feel, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. That that was the one I was kind of drawn to the most. I mean, it's it's a warm duck, and he looks yeah. so mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. He, he, he's like a yeah. He's like a cyborg Daffy, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah say he gives me big Daffy vibes. Yeah, I like it. Four arms yeah. too, damn. Yeah, and he's got a gun in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dead Eye Duck goes hard. I, I will admit, it does go pretty hard. He's wearing headphones. Um, yeah. Oh, and I was going to say, like, I was looking up um, Michael Golden. And I guess this is like super synergy. Like, apparently, he co-created Rogue when he worked uh, at Marvel. Oh, oh wow. wow! Really? I didn't know that. Holy shit! Dang. Oh, what a guy! He's a great, great artist, great designer. But it's his first, his version of Rogue. Like, uh, did did she look pretty close to like what what we uh, envision as Rogue with the jacket and stuff? I think mm. that was a Jim Lee thing. I'm not sure. Jacket was a Jim Lee thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember in Rogue's first appearance, she she had a very different costume than the uh, the '90s one. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Did, did Rogue in Avengers Annual number ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, th th this this is just a quick tangent. Did Rogue get her little jacket before or after uh, uh, Trunks appeared? Uh, X Men number one with Jim Lee came out in nineteen ninety one. Trunks. Debuted in Dragon Ball Z. Well, we have to go by the manga, right? Yeah. Nineteen ninety-one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so there's there's something to be said there, and it's also, I mean, this is a mini tangent that we're going on here, but uh, Jim Lee, uh, I I was I was like super obsessed with his art when I was a kid. Before I like my my art style changed more to, like you know, an anime influence and inspiration, but I was really enamored with Jim Lee's work, and I would try to mimic it all the time. And like something yeah. dawned on me, much later, was that you know Jim Lee in his own way was definitely inspired by like a lot of like Eastern influence like manga like comic artists. It's just that you know the way that he drew his characters were like, you know, a little, like a mixture of like both Eastern and Western, but like his backgrounds, his mechanical stuff, the way he approached certain aspects of design, you, you could argue that there was definitely some, some oh. Eastern influence. Oh, like, for in, sure. Uh, he, he was very open about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that Rogue and Trunks, you know, like those fits debuted that fashion debuted kind of in a similar like window of time. I don't, okay. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. So, so Trunks debuted in uh, July, 1991. And then X-Men mm. number one was in, um, hold on, give me one sec. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to say October, X-Men number one.
Expo number one, Jim Lee, 1991. October. Yeah, October. A couple October. months later. Yeah, that's and enough. might have been. That's enough, enough time. time. Yeah, I, I think I think there was a there was a stylistic download that mm-hmm. may have uh, may have occurred uh, because I mean Trunks jacket serves serves him very well uh, and so yeah. does the jacket for Rogue. Um, I mean also like around that time, though that short jacket aesthetic was pretty strong because. Uh, yeah. Main, the main character in Sin Goku, the SNK game, had a, a vibe and ass jacket, and I mean, Ooh. like you know, that was it was a, it was kind of a vibe that was going on at the time. I mean, you know, uh, Akira came out what in eighty nine, so you know, there, there's a there's a uh, chance eighty eight. So you know, it it, it 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 goes further, right? You know what I mean? So like. Yeah, I, I definitely would not be surprised if uh, Rogue has some has some anime seasoning on her. <laughs> not be surprised at all that her design has some anime seasoning. I could see that happening for real. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I just want to just pop in with just like, just one more one of my last ones here. It was already mentioned like prior, like a little bit, but just like Cream the Rabbit, one of my favorite characters of all time. I really enjoy the way in which like she is portrayed throughout Sonic and throughout the series. I saw her most in like Sonic X, but also in like some of the Sonic Advance titles too. But I just want to give a big shout out to just like her design. She throughout her various iterations has been one of the most, I guess, just like friendly looking characters I've ever seen in my life. Just like she has such yeah. a such a really lovely tone, like her peach colors, the utilization of the pink in her ears, like the sort of always smiling but like lightly sort of like little cute little face that she's got. Like she just looks wonderful, and I think that one of my favorite things about her is the fact that not only is she obviously a pun with a cream being her name, and then her chow that she has, her best friend chow, is called cheese, so it's like cream and cheese together, haha. But also, like, mm-hmm. I like the way that her oh, name kind of literally, like, oh, oh, didn't you? Okay, yeah, yeah, well, it's cream, it's cream <laughs> and cheese, yeah, 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 yeah it, it's kind of cool, but like, but also just like the way in which, like, cream in and of itself like just in terms of like a recipe like dish it's off it's often like mixed with other ingredients or it's a like, kind of like a side thing or like you know whipped cream goes on something cream in and of itself like it's not normally like the main dish in and of itself and i thought about this this morning when i was, when I was thinking about this um it's really quite funny that that's even her name because like that's what she does like within sonic stories like she so often is not like the main focus really but like she's just so well written or so well put together in terms of her portrayal that she just fits in wherever she just works in terms of being added to like a story whenever i see cream at all be it in a game be it in a comic be it just in so many different areas like i just love to see her for example in the sonic advance series she's one of like the kind of characters that are mainly playable and like i would implore people to look at like her sprites i just put in a video for you guys just so you can check it out too but like her running animations the little sort of like cute little like dance hop that she does before she gets ready to start sprinting at the start of the game like even for example when she's like sliding or doing the the kind of the the peak classic sonic slide that they do on different railings she's waving at the camera she's like she's like breaking the fourth wall kind of like Mm -hmm. she's so happy to like be there she's just having a a wonderful Mm -hmm. time and she's just 
really enjoying just being herself. And I think that that to me is one of the best things about a character that like no matter what situation you put them in you'll always know that like they can just be themselves and that they can show you in essence who it is that they seek to be who it is that they are and i think that cream is just one of those i think that she's somebody who is just really really well written well put together and also just again very 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 well designed i'm a i'm a huge fan of a, a bunch of sonic characters but yeah she's just one of my top my top five top ten in terms of just design yeah really cool Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Mm-hmm. Dollar, <laughs> dollar dollar bill. Dollar <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. And I love it. Nice. But yeah, like I'm telling you, like Cream is just really, really well put together. Just like really, really good. People don't people don't put enough respect on Cream's name, and I'm doing it today. You know, Cream Cream's getting that respect today. She deserves it. Hell yeah. Love Cream. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll uh, bring us back around to games um one that i i think uh probably flies under a lot of people's radar but is really good are y'all familiar with this game card called armello nope. armello no at all. so if you're a fan of of things like redwall uh ah. you'll really really like it um it's got um some animated trailers and cutscenes uh done as well but it's like a tabletop style video game it has a bunch of playable characters, but uh, a reason I bring it up is specifically actually some of the characters that I play in when I play the game, because uh, it's it, it's got a couple of DLC packs as well. It's been an, it was kickstarted uh, by an Australian studio um, in oh, 2013. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2015, but they've been continuing to develop it. Anyway, there's actually um, a rabbit clan in the game, um, and actually f- there's four playable characters um, from there. But uh, actually, one of my favorite characters to play comes from the Rabbit Clan, uh, Hargrave. <laughs> he's from the Rivals DLC, but uh, he's super cool looking. Uh, but it, it's actually one of the ones where they also have a large variety of um, characters and personality uh, around that. And they, they kind of play into things that you might expect. There's like the Dragon Clan and the Bear Clan and the Rabbit Clan. Um, Basically, the, the plot of the game is that the, the king, who is a, a lion, he kind of looks like a really gnarly-looking King Scar. Um, he's uh, succumbed to some sort of like disease or uh, like a, a, a crazing thing called the Rot, and all of the clans basically um, send their, their, their heroes to try to uh, become the new king of Armello, which is the kingdom. Uh, but anyway, like they've been putting out different DLCs and stuff, and they're... Was one of the original playable characters was a rabbit character as well. Um, her name was what's her name Amber, I think. So she had kind of a, a Asian inspired vibe, um, much more of a like not a um, brutish character, you know. So uh, a lot of like high chance for finding reward stuff, like not one ones that you, you would use like wits and and spirit and stuff like that to fight but over the time they introduced uh, a variety of uh different rabbit clan characters um at least four of them and actually i just i think they're really really cool character designs and um the the way that the game looks and feels is it's 3d but it's got a really really nice alive alive feel to it 
Yeah, I just watched the trailer. I absolutely love the way that looks. Also, like, again, I've got to talk about that logo design. It's just, like, fantastic, man. Like, I'm really loving the, not just, like, the font, but also, like, the the bevel, like, the embossedness of it. Like, I'm really also just loving the colors as well. Like, that type of gold just feels so thick and rich. Like, the genuine sort of, it feels like a crest that I'm looking at instead of just a logo as well. Like, I really like that. It's very specifically crafted. I, I'm very much a fan of that. Very nice. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, like I said, I, I, it's, I think it flies under a lot of people's radar, but um, it's a really, yeah, it's like a turn-based uh, hex game, but it, 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 it's a really, really uh, well-crafted game. Like I said, if, I mean, you can, you can see it immediately. If you like game, if you like uh, things like Redwall um, or, you know, Anthropomorphize. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I've, I've seen things where it's it's got kind of like a Game of Thrones with animals type vibe, but uh mm-hmm it's is really really worth checking out um and yes you should you should play with the rabbit characters because i'm like like i sent y'all a photo of it um i i typically play as uh hargrave is one of like the kind of villainous characters that was added in the rivals dlc but he's like it's also pretty interesting that they have like different scales of rabbit so like hargrave is a super tall rabbit with like a peg leg and he has like this like cannon spear thing um and then like they have um one of the ones that was added in the the first dlc second dlc uh barnaby is like a teenagery trickster rabbit but he has like a hammer and he's really short <laughs> and he wears like gold armor he's kind of like a um like a tinkerer if you will he like you know has a lot of crafting abilities and stuff like it, it's just interesting to me how they they chose to add different levels of personality to the character and they i think these particularly do a really good job of the character designs the way that they interact in the game the, the heroes all feel really different, which is why I think the game's been able to put out like five DLCs and where they typically just add characters and maps and uh, stuff like that. But there's a lot to dive in there. It's really worth, really worth checking out. And the um, the way that it's uh, animated and like if you look at some of the, the animation in game or for the trailers, it's just nice. It's got a very pleasant uh, feel to it. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this. I'm gonna be checking this out a lot. Thanks for thanks for sort of like reminding me. Of this. I, I had I had in the end I had seen it before, but like yeah, like this is really, really, really cool looking. And there's a lot of like fan art as well. Of course there's for everything these days, but yeah, like there's a lot of fan art I'm seeing as well. This good. this is a quite a well beloved like thing here, yeah, quite a well beloved project. I'm yeah. definitely definitely have to check this out. Alright, very cool. Okay, guys, I think we should wrap things up soon. Yeah. Um, yep. Anyone got any uh, uh, last-minute uh, parting <laughs> rabbits? Any... No, I'll, I'll throw one out. No, I think, I think we're good. Oh, I'm going to throw, throw one out one there out, real up. quick. Got to, got to, got to show some love to Jumping Flash. Uh, one, one of the uh, oh, wow. first ah, that's the one I thought Richmond was going to come up with ah, the first time yep. <laughs> just a lovely game uh, first person shooter where you control this giant hopping uh, rabbit mecha going through <laughs> this charming low poly world and you know keep in mind um, this was with the original PS1 D-pad which was pretty much just a Lightly evolved SNES pad. There were no analog sticks, uh, so just a D-pad. So how did they make the you know the first-person controls work, especially when it was a platformer, right? Lots of jumping. 
And um, I, it, they came up with a genius solution for the jumping because I, gosh, like like jumping in first person to this day is is pretty imperfect in a lot of games. But Jumping Flash nailed it because um, whenever you jump in that game. Uh, you go super high, first of all, to the point where like <laughs> it would trigger people's vertigo. Uh, but when you jump, the camera automatically orients towards your feet. So you're actually looking down as you're soaring through the air, but you can still control uh, where you're falling. So it actually really allows you to aim. Um, and also in that game, you, in addition to shooting enemies, you can also jump and land on them, you know, Mario style. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just a really low tech, simple uh, game, but it's really fun. That, the, the levels are really well laid out. The, the simple three D controls uh, work really well. Yeah, without without free uh, camera movement, and um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's just it's really worth uh, revisiting. It, it's got such a cool uh, atmosphere to it. it. It really embodies the best of that, like, super early, low poly, like, people are just dipping their toes into CG and just using really basic shapes, and um, it's just so pleasant. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. Okay, okay. Right, Sean's got one and I've got one. We'll be, we'll be super okay, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I got to throw in one real quick one that I actually can't believe that Noah mentioned, because it is a part of video game history, um, which comes from do a barrel roll, which is peppy hair from Star Wars. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. have to do that one. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to give give him a mention. Like I said, he's he's literally a video game meme. Uh, I don't know Absolutely. if a lot of people know that it comes from from Peppy, who is a rabbit. Um, oh yeah. He's yeah. actually uh, pretty cool looking. He has this like uh, he has like a I, I think he has what looks like a, a scouter actually. Um, He's got he like does, very. Yeah, oh, he totally has a Dragon Ball scouter. Yeah. Uh, but he's got that, that kind of like wise. Um, he, uh, you you would almost think that his his outfit's like a reference to um, Bison or something. It's just got a lot of uh, interesting elements to it. But he, he's got a really good character design. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I that's one thing that I like about all of them. Yeah. They always have, yeah. they all have like little scouters on and stuff. It's so sick. I just want to mention man really, really fast, but just like, yeah, okay. I've got just this really, really cool, just amazing character that's going to blow your minds with. It's Mirko from one, from one Punch It's Mirko from My Hero Academia. Just like, yeah, yeah like, Koei Horikoshi really put his whole back into his design. Like, I love the fact that we get not only just a super cool, like, kick-ass bunny rabbit character, but also like, a character who's very much like darker too like i'm a massive fan of that of course but on top of on top mm. of that like the utilization of just like again such cool not just colors but just like the shape languages the ways in which she moves the actual types of attack that she does and like how she's able to utilize her quirk for not just like attacking but for defense and for movement too like it's just amazing like you would think of course like oh wait what can like a rabbit do but like she can kick super hard she can jump she's hyper agile like she's just really intriguing like i really really love the fact that like she's just well thought out in so many different ways like even for example her just persona and demeanor like she's so like she's just so confident she has such a zest for like life she's fully capable of so many different things but she'll show you that as well she's not afraid to run into battle and to jump straight into the firing line but at the same time she's also just like so well skilled and has put so much time and work and effort into becoming so skilled that like again like she does that because 
because she can, not not just because she has to. Like it's really, really well put together. And, and again, I'm just a, a massive, massive fan of this character ever since I first read about them years ago. Just really, really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. To me, she's kind of like she's if Saiyans derived from rabbits rather than apes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really well put together. Yeah. It's like it's exactly how she is. Yeah. Yeah. Shout she's out to so like battle hungry and like you know, like she will absolutely never stop like fighting no matter how much damage she takes. Like she just like she's like that TV tropes term uh determinator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she'll just keep going and going yeah. and going. Just, yeah, it's like oh, like the energizer bunny, but I'm just saying. Oh man! Uh, oh, so you all have could, one more, I think. We could, we could, we could keep going down this this rabbit hole, but uh, I'll, I'll just stop at one more. Um, if we're talking about video games, I gotta also give a shout out to Alice the Rabbit from Bloody Roar. Mm-hmm. Oh Alice, man! Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Alice That's that yeah. a good one. Yeah, she's, uh, of course, you know, she's the character. Uh, this was the uh, Ware animal fighting game, right? It's a 3D fighting game. Yes. Uh, you had a human and martial artist. They could transform uh, mid-battle into uh, beasts. And um, super cool game. Uh, and, and Alice was the rabbit character. And she had a really cool design. Like, I like how um, in both human and rabbit form, she had these, like, blood-red eyes, you know, like, like, a, mm-hmm. like an albino rabbit. Um, although the rabbit was like kind of like off-white, like almost purplish. And um, something I also really liked about Bloody Roar was like it had really unique characters. And um, even though like Rabbit Girl, you expect her to be like, you know, a sexy bunny girl, um, but actually like she's really muscular, you know, in her human form, like she she has like really muscular legs, which makes sense. Like, 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 like Rabbits have powerful legs. She's very fast, very leg-focused movements. And then, yeah, the beast form, too. She's got awesome shoulders. I, I wish my shoulders were that, <laughs> were that swole. She's got great shoulders. But, um, yeah, just a really cool game. Really unique character. Like, really unique execution of, like, a concept you might have seen before. But, like, it, it just feels, like, really, really particular to that game. Yeah. I love the silhouette as well and like the hair, like the fact that she has such a really intriguingly pointed design. Like a a lot of her edges are super pointy. Like she has a lot of a lot of sharp like right angles and like just a really intriguing like aura to her. One of the favorite things I've even seen as well. Like I'm really, really feeling the fact that like the bunny that she turns into, it's so muscular as well. Like it's not super smooth. It's not super sort of like soft looking. You know, she's like really kind of like well muscularly like developed and like the ways in which she moves, like they look like she could like really actively like harm like someone really. She she has a a move when she's in uh, rabbit form where she throws the character and then basically like hits the their like jumps over them it hits their back with her hind legs and it makes a yeah. lot of sense for a rabbit character and it looks like it hurts a lot <laughs> like, oh yeah <laughs> it, it makes a i don't know i also really appreciate about, about bloody roar about how like transforming into their beast form is just something you can do in the middle of a move like you don't you, it's not like a super and that's it like you you can transform in the middle of a move combo and she has a pretty devastating combo where it's it you combo into it and then there's a grab and then she she finishes with that thing where she flips over you and then like like 
smashes your back with her rabbit legs and I've actually seen it kill people before. Like it's pretty devastating looking when it it KOs you. Uh like it looks like she just like literally destroyed your back. Just mm. crushed with your giant rabbit leg legs. She she has a super where she uh curls you into a ball and then yeah. just starts kicking you around yeah. with her massive feet as if she's doing like uh you know soccer some some football tricks. So cool. Yeah, it's mad. It really is. We we call them like just the, they're called kickups, but also people call them like keepy uppies here. But like yeah, like it's it, oh, it's okay. basically just that like just the ways in which like she treats you as if like you are like an item to be like thrown and kicked around. Yeah. And, like that's again like yeah. the the definition of someone being like strong enough to do so. I think it's just really really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. shall we uh, wrap things up? let's okay so yeah thank, thanks for listening once again uh like yeah happy year in the rabbit uh really glad we all made it to 2023 it's gonna be a weird year <laughs> it's gonna be a very strange year just with all different things going on but i hope uh you know everyone finds the uh, strength to to get through the hard parts and the time to enjoy the uh, good parts so yep. uh, yeah absolutely yeah and uh, real happy to be out here podcasting with you, you guys every every week. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, so, to our our our, our listeners, our our, our 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 oh gosh, thank you so much for uh, you know just spending time with us uh, for tuning in. Um, if if you want to keep up with the podcast, uh, know when the latest ones go out. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Art Eater Podcast. A R D. A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R podcast. Um, yeah, like uh, every time a new one goes out, uh, that'll be the first place that uh, we'll, we'll announce it. And if you want to catch up on the old podcast, just head on over to arteater.com. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Click on the podcast link, and uh, every single podcast we've uh, ever recorded will be on there. And we're on multiple platforms. We're on iTunes, Libsyn, like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you can think of. If we missed one, uh, send us a message on Twitter. Let us know. You know? And um, yeah, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. You can follow me on Twitter at Richmond, uh, R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E, Richmond Lee. Um, I'm, I'm frequently on there. Uh, less and less lately. You know, uh, been spending more quality time um, in on, on, on like actually reading stuff, watching stuff, uh, not, not just commenting on stuff, <laughs> like actually digesting stuff. And it, that's been real nice. Um, and of course, you know, work, lots, lots of work. But um, yeah, uh, feel free to send me a line on there. Uh, yeah, let, let, let me know how we're doing. I'm always happy to chat about art and uh, just beautiful things. Um, and yeah, uh, to the rest of the Art Eater team, please let everyone know, um, you know, what you're up to and how people can follow along. Uh, Sean, why don't you uh, kick things off? Hey, I'm Sean. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Uh, I talk about PC gaming, games, UI design, that kind of thing. I retweet what these guys do. Um, otherwise, you can um, book me on adplist.org. I've been doing a lot of mentoring uh, recently. So it's free, free on both both angles. Um, and even if you don't book me, it's a ton of great product marketing design people. So if like you're looking to change your career, portfolio review, 
uh, get into the game industry. It's a really good resource. So I've been putting a lot of time into that. Um, yeah, and then I'm gonna start working on some some videos for Art Eater, and so I wanted to mention that we'll be we working on on the YouTubes eventually. That's a 2023 goal that I have, and then I'm also trying to I have a book coming out uh, that I'm like nearly done with, so I'll start hyping it up um, once once the publisher gives me a date. But we're super close. It's, it's basically done. I'm excited about it. I've only been working on it for like three years, so. If anyone ever is like, oh yeah, just write a book. It's it's easy. It's it's not as easy as you think. Yeah. But uh, yes, follow me on Twitter. Yeah, it's exciting to hear that the book's gonna gonna be coming out soon. Yeah. Are you self-publishing, Trump? Uh, no. Um, I I am not self-publishing. Oh, okay. Okay. I the I'm going working with a publisher called Lioncrest. Okay. It's actually the third publisher I've had because the first two got frustrated that I wasn't finishing the book. I'm not I'm not well known for not finishing things, but it's like I don't know. It's one of those things where I you know really <laughs> it really wasn't easy to to, to finish uh, to keep yourself self motivated. But yeah, yes, uh, Lion Crest well, will be publishing do, it. Doing your own thing is so different from doing like client stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, that's a really quite an accomplishment to, to get that done. I can't can't wait to read it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So is, uh, is James there? Do you like anime? Do you like <laughs> Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> Random tweets about food and the elusive world of Vaporwave. If you like any of those things, the web zone on, on Twitter of Biffy Kunoichi might be right for you. <laughs> By following Biffy Kunoichi on Twitter, Shuffle, its influences, as well as advertisements for his budding and ever-growing Patreon page, where you will find amazing tutorials about how James Stanley approaches the wonderful world of art. If you are into any of these things, following Beefy Kunoichi on Twitter at B E F Y underscore K U N O I C H I just might change your life. Don't let the wonderful world of Beefy Kunoichi pass you by. <laughs> Alright, so that was really good. I need a new intro then. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. But yeah, so good, everybody, yeah. I'm so glad that we could wrap this episode up. I had a fantastic time. Uh, sup, everyone. It's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist, and also international type wonder fighter. And it was a pleasure to be back here with the crew, plus a wonderful guest once again. So I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there at AJ Mattis. That's A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. For all of your viewing pleasure, I love to retweet and share all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. So if anyone needs any help regarding or related to pixel art or anything else similar, uh, I am always active at the moment. So please do get in touch. If you liked anything that I had to say, drop me a message, give me a follow, and uh, yeah, we can drop it up and have a little conversation. But yeah, that was absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad that we could uh, gather and share all of our favorite bunnies and rabbits throughout 
out different areas of fiction and also reality. Yeah, I'm really, really happy, and I really had a wonderful time. Now, time to throw it over to our good pal and friend, Darius. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, yes. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Darius Scott Hill. The, uh, uh, the Scott is actually important because, as I have come to find out, there are multiple Darius Hills out there that are also artists. <laughs> <laughs> blew my mind um but uh you can find me uh everywhere on social media at uh, burnt moth 19 uh, b-u-r-n-t-m-o-t-h-1-9 uh that's um also the name of my uh website we can see my full portfolio or the easiest thing would probably be to uh use that same name in lake tree that has links to everything my portfolios my online shops and you know uh, does that this that and the other and my most recent project you can find the uh, game i've been working on uh the seneca project.com uh the the full name of the game is seneca 7 a cyberpunk odyssey and there's a, a demo available to, on steam right now there has a uh, two episodes and you'll get at least in an hour of gameplay out of it uh although I take a lot longer because I play games very methodically and carefully. <laughs> I'm an old man, but uh, that's, uh, that's, where you, that's where you can find uh, all my recent stuff. Yeah, Darius did some fantastic uh, character designs for that game. That's my, awesome, my favorite awesome. part of the game. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I uh, hope to catch as many more of these as I can. Absolutely, yeah. This looks awesome, by the way. I'm definitely, definitely hyped about this Seneca 7, so yeah. you definitely have a, a new person interested. This is awesome. Cool, cool. Hell yeah. All right, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We had a great time and hope that you did too. That was another one. We are going to bunny hop off of this podcast now and catch you all next time. Take care. Hope that you enjoyed it. And also, once again, Happy New Year. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Bye. Yeah, Saggy or Jimbo.